Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Hey, happy Saturday morning. Whitey Gleason with you. John Dickinson should be along shortly. And uh, I'll tell you what, on this gloomy San Francisco morning, really learning to appreciate more and more uh, that San Francisco fog and mist and chill. Drove in last night from Sacramento, California, and when we left, uh, the temperature was 106 in Sacramento, and then we got to Pacifica last night. We were at 64. So I know much of the nation, much of the world, just uh, in, a, in, in a grip of massive heat waves across the globe. And here we are. It's not too bad here. Yeah, I know it's July, but a nice change of pace here. Uh, and as I say, J.D. will be with us uh, shortly here on 95.7 The Game. What a difference a year makes for the Giants, right? Remember, it was a year ago. It was a year ago last night that the Giants wrapped up a very memorable four-game series in Dodger Stadium. They played some of the most memorable games in that unforgettable season, that 107-win season. Four of the most unforgettable games were a year ago uh, in Dodger Stadium. Yesterday would have been, a year ago yesterday would have been the final game in that four-game set. But if you remember, and even if you don't remember, this is what happened. On July 19th, and the Giants at the time, a lot of people, and frankly, I was one of them. A lot of people were saying, you know what, this is when the rent may come due for the Giants are having this wonderful season. But, pfft, you know, look at the lineup. Look at that star-studded Dodger lineup, four-game series. This may be where this thing starts to turn for the Giants. Instead, they won the opener 7-2. to two, And then on the 20th a year ago, uh, the Dodgers walked them off 8-6. to six. And then on July 21st a year ago, Giants 4, Dodgers 2. Giants scoring three in the ninth, and then they concluded the series on the 22nd a year ago yesterday with a 5-3 to three win, Giants scoring four in the ninth. Remember, the Giants basically a year ago went into Dodger Stadium, and they broke the Dodgers' closer, Kenley Jansen. And that's when even people like me had to realize, okay, this is uh, there's definitely something going on here with this Giants team. But fast forward a year later, and the Giants are still having a nice season, winning record in this playoff chase, somewhat watered-down playoff chase, but that's not their fault. But after losing uh, the opener, um, eight to nine to six, right? They what was the score of the first game? Yeah, nine to six. Pardon me. Uh, Dodgers were up five to nothing. Giants came back, took six-five lead, and then the Dodgers uh, came back and beat them. Uh, Mookie Betts with a big home run and a big catch to end the game. And then last night, it's the Dodgers over the Giants, 5-1. to one. Bellinger with a grand slam on an 0-2 pitch 
in the eighth inning. John Dickinson, I know you have that photographic memory. You remember all too well those games a year ago. What a difference a year makes for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, and the Giants are in a position right now, Whitey, where they are they're winning some games late, but they're not they're not winning enough games late compared to what they were doing last year. And they're also losing some games late, which are, are heartbreakers and, and just losing them in, in different ways than they were able to win them a year ago. Sloppy defense, not making the big pitch, and, and still really struggling to score when they don't hit the ball out of the ballpark. So, yeah, it's just two different seasons. If you look at the, the week and a half or so leading up to the, to the All-Star break, though, it did feel a little bit like they were starting to capture some of that 2021 magic, but mixed in there were still a couple of losses that they would have won even a year mm-hmm. ago, and, oh, and yeah, and what they and what they would be doing would be considered all the more phenomenal. I mean, the, I, I can't get over just the, the juxtaposition, Whitey, between the two seasons because the Giants this year have actually played a lot of similar games to the games they played last year. They would win nine out of ten of those last year. <laughs> yes. It felt like this year it's more like fifty fifty, but fifty fifty in those games makes the whole thing look like it's a lot more mediocre, and, and that's what the, the Giants' overall record says they are, a little bit better than mediocre, average. I know that uh, last year a lot of people, including Gabe Kapler most importantly, were really concerned about the Giants defensively when the season started. Remember Gabe Kapler talked about time of possession, and he wanted to make sure his mm-hmm. team wasn't on the field too long defensively because they were concerned, and the Giants actually had a very, very solid, if not a very good defensive season last year. This year it's caught up to them. Last night, Lamont Wade Jr. with the air at first base. You had Mercedes with a misplay that cost him an extra base. I don't know ultimately how crucial that was. Um, and then also you had a wild pitch in, in the eighth inning that uh, – crucial eighth inning it's just I think that's where they are I think last year maybe they performed over their heads a little bit they uh, they overperformed defensively this year there's they're a bad defensive team and right now you look at the main differences between these two teams and obviously the Dodgers have you know top to bottom just a a more impressive lineup but the Dodgers bullpen has been better and defensively it's night and day between these two teams right now yeah and I think you know some of it for the Giants has been injuries and some of it is just how they're built like they're, they're built to want to move a bunch of players around and, and have guys play different positions but the the talent level is you know defensively it just they, they just aren't as versatile aren't as athletic uh as maybe they were a, a year ago and they, and they just seem shoddier just just yep. overall like there's a just a general sloppiness to their to their game and 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 I don't know where that exactly comes from or are they not you know are, are they not been as prepared is it is it just baseball like some of the plays that they're getting or or maybe a little bit more difficult than than meets the eye but but either way you add it up I think maybe it's a little bit too much of trying to to shuttle guys around the the, the diamond uh, you know in an attempt to get bats in the lineup against certain matchups that's that's costing them because the defense and the bullpen the defense and the bullpen have just, uh, especially the defense has just been atrocious all year. The bullpen was extremely clutch last year. I don't know if they were really that good in terms right. of talent, name brand talent. Right. But, but the defense is the most dramatic difference in weakness comparing the two years. He's John Dickinson. I'm Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason with you uh, till two today on 95.7 The Game. Uh, good to be with you, J.D., and good to have you uh, with us. First things first yes. on the game last night. You know, when these two teams play, some crazy things happen. We're four pitches into the game last night 
when Mark Pryor comes out to the mound. Four, it's a 2-2 count on the leadoff hitter, and here comes the Dodger pitching coach, and he's out there talking to Anderson. And then you got the umpires pointing at the Giants' dugout, and they're talking to Gabe Kapler. And, of course, Dave Fleming didn't know what was going on. Mike Kruko didn't know what was going on. The, the operating theory was maybe they're concerned about Anderson's health. Did you hear, J.D., what ultimately that was all about? Yeah, the Dodgers thought that Antoine Richardson was stealing signs from first base <laughs> or trying to relay signs to, to Austin Slater. And Pryor went out to, to basically tell Anderson, hey, we think this is going on, and the umpires get involved, and it's like, hey, tell him to get, get, get back in the box. And, yeah. And, and yeah, so, yeah, there was a little, uh, little, as Dave Roberts put it, what, going back to 2020, a mm-hmm. little, little gamesmanship maybe going on between the two. Yeah, I thought everybody handled that pretty well. Uh, Kapler explaining it after the game and said, I can understand why they're concerned about that. I don't think we were doing anything wrong. But apparently the <laughs> thinking was, since the first base coach was out of his normal position, that he was doing that to get a better look at Anderson's glove, which would allow him to get a, a better idea of what he was going to throw. Ultimately, it didn't matter. But I honestly, it's one, J.D., I've never seen that before. No, although again, I think there is a little bit of a history between these two and the in the Kapler era. I guess obviously Gabe used to be with the the Dodgers organization, and, and Tyler Anderson was with the Giants. Yeah. So I, I do think maybe there's something to the fact, Whitey, that that maybe the Giants knew something that Tyler Anderson, yep. you know, does at times to where maybe they were trying to get a trying to get an angle, something maybe they would would have told him a couple of years back to to correct. But but can be problematic for him at, at, at time to time, and so I think maybe they were trying to trying to gain an advantage on somebody that 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 they knew from from his time with their organization. Yeah, so two nights in a row now, the Dodgers with the go ahead home run in the bottom of the eighth. So yeah, as we said, an indication that maybe maybe you're not getting everything you want to get uh, out of your your bullpen right now. There's there's it's not close. Last year, the Giants, of course, they beat the Dodgers during the regular season and succumbed during the postseason. I think, J.D., and I think the last time I was with you, we were talking about this with Steiny and, and Dibbs. And I think for a lot of fans, there was a sense that, okay, the Giants are close to the Dodgers now. And maybe that shouldn't have been the thought, but you can't blame people after 107 wins. Uh, and then the farm system should have been improving, and you have money to get free agents. All right, maybe they can compete with the Dodgers. Maybe this is uh, maybe we're ahead of schedule. And I think now is more of a regression to the means. Giants may be overperforming, overperforming. Pardon me a little bit last year, but I understand why some baseball fans, some Giants fans right now, are feeling a little let down. Like, oh, I thought we were going to be closer to the Dodgers, and as you can see, it's really right now not that close. No, they're they're not close to the Dodgers in, in terms of talent or or the standings, Whitey. But yeah. I, I think you look now fourteen and a half out. I I do think there was a, a belief that that this Giants team would be better than they are at sitting here at at, at forty eight and forty five, and and that it would look better, right? I don't think anybody was was anticipating one hundred and seven wins. I know I've given my my analysis of you know I think the the 107 last year was probably more like 94 95 and and they had a bunch of bunch of crazy wins maybe more crazy wins than than anybody's had in in the last 30 years yep. to help push them over the top and into triple digits and and then into the franchise record territory whitey but but the one thing I will say is I don't think people thought it was going to look as as sloppy 
and and just is as shoddy. Poor. You you use just, the word shoddy. Yeah. Pardon me for interrupting, but that's a perfect yeah. description. Yeah, it's just 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 bad baseball, and I think. You know, it's bad baseball, and I think the one area where maybe a lot of Giants fans were fooled was that they were so exciting. They were so exciting at the end of games last year that I think it maybe fooled you into thinking that they were a more dynamic team than than they than they really were. Because I I've said this a few times over the last month. I really don't see other than the result and a couple of plays here or there that much of a difference between the 2021 team and the 2022 team it's just that those close games and and you look at their their record in in one run games and it's it's awful compared to to last year they already have uh, a few more one run losses than they did for the entirety of 2021 but but other than that like there were games last year whitey where the Giants didn't necessarily play. They played a lot more clean games, but there were also games where they didn't play a clean game. And then somebody would come up in the ninth inning, and you know, like Darren Ruff the other night would mm-hmm. hit a grand slam, and all of a sudden they'd win that game. Yep. Like they'd keep it tied. They'd go to the ninth or extra innings, and Lamont Wade would come up and do something after Darren Ruff did something, and it would wipe away the fact that the Giants really didn't play a great game all, all together, but they would win. And, and then once it goes into the win category, I think you start to think that maybe this team is a little bit better than they really are, and they just did that over and over and over and demoralized their opponent to the – I think we saw this in the Milwaukee series going going into the, the All-Star break last weekend. They, they demoralized the, the Brewers with, the, with a couple of the late-inning wins to where you get to that Sunday game and they just blow them out. We saw a lot of that last year. We're not seeing quite as much of that this year because the Giants are not – they're not turning one win into three or a couple of wins into four because they aren't, they aren't winning every single close game the way that they were last year. Two things really stand out to me. We mentioned the bullpen already. The bullpen last year was lights out, and – you know, now the bullpen is more like turn the TV off. I don't, it's not like it sounds like I don't want to see. But this. that was fool's gold, right, Whitey? Well, that to was a degree. the bullpen last year was fool's gold. Yeah, I agree with you. But that is baseball. You know, bullpens tend to be erratic, especially the way you put, and that's the way teams, even good teams, put their bullpens together now. So yeah, that happens. That's that's been a big difference. And another huge difference has been the number of of home runs. We talked about the defense already, but I mean, last year that team they just mashed. And I don't, I don't mean to wander back down you know, into the rabbit hole here about baseball and the problems and the ball and all that. But I was noticing this last night. There was a ball Will Smith hit last night, and he hit it pretty good. And it was a fly out to left field. Last year and the years before, and this is nobody's fault. This is the way baseball did it. Somebody squared up a ball. It was gone, J.D., especially you go back to 2017, maybe a little less last year. But still, last few years, somebody hit a ball well, and it was a home run. This year, somebody hits a fly ball, and you're not sure if it's going out or not. Um, you, it takes a little more oomph. It's kind of like baseball used to be before they juiced the ball. Me, personally, I like that. Um, I like that fly ball. Is it going out or not? Um, I do think that's something that is uh, that the Giants are, are struggling a little bit with compared to last year when they hit so many home runs. Oh, I think that's a great point. I, I think they built a team that was going to be extremely dependent on on the long ball and I think the you know they don't have the prototypical power hitters through, throughout a lineup like some other teams do they they're trying to do it with matchups and they're trying to do it with with cobbled to, together rosters and I think I think they're finding that that you know the 10 feet 
that they may not be getting yeah. this year or whatever yeah. it is is making a, a major difference. And, and I think you can tell just from watching them on a night-to-night basis. And look, maybe some of it is, as you, as you say, just baseball. But there are a lot of, a lot of fly balls that are, that are landing at the warning track or landing in front of the warning track mm-hmm. that, that I think would have been home runs last year. And some of, those, some of those home runs would have maybe changed the outcome of a couple of these games and the, and the Giants would have a, a, a better record. I think they, they really found a way to, to thrive on the margins in terms of you know finding the Lamont Wades that, that, that could come through and, and, and finding ways that maybe Brandon Belt could hit a couple of more home runs or Brandon Crawford. And and those little those little edges that they had last year have just not been there. In addition to the starting pitching not being as good either, and the defense being just miserable compared to last year, and and the bullpen, which maybe was was a little bit fraudulent last year, uh, coming back to earth and really costing them in in a lot of these these big moments where maybe the Giants don't don't have more of a cushion, and, and the margin for error is so slim in, in a lot of these games late. Just look how much they missed what they got from Jake McGee last year, right? I mean, he had a really good year. But, hey, Rosenthal's going to come in and fix all that, right, J.D.? Problem solved a, with Rosenthal. Yeah. that's huh? a, yeah, No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. You I'm sound gonna, skeptical. I'm going to say no. That's a nice sign. Well, I'm going to say that, but then I'm going to kind of contradict myself. I mean, that's a nice signing. Like, sure, why not? Like you definitely need help. It doesn't cost you anything other than money. And when he's healthy, he's been um, among the the really good closers in in baseball for the last decade. When he's been healthy, so I I, I actually think that's kind of a a no risk move to where maybe he can come in and help because you I mean his are you surprised his baseball by how much money is, JD are you I was a, I mean yeah. it's kind of a lot of it's fine I'm not saying a bad move but when I saw how much was it four and a half million they're getting four and a half yeah 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 I thought well that's well, that's kind of a lot for a guy who's who's hurt right now and they sent him to the uh, injured list it tells me though that they think that to me that's a confidence play that yeah. that they think he can contribute not not only come up but come up and maybe work his way into being a being a closer that allows everybody else to to move down a peg in and maybe take a little bit of, mm-hmm. of pressure off like they they had to do something in that bullpen and rather than giving up something in terms of the the trade deadline where I think you can tend to overpay at times for for relievers just go find somebody that's on the street that, that you've done your evaluation and, and you think he can be healthy now the A's bought him at a pretty high rate, and believing that he could be healthy, and uh. then he ended up not being healthy at all. So uh, we'll have to see. But I, I actually, on on paper, like that move because the Giants had to do something, and I think it's a little bit of a tell as to what they believe in terms of their their ceiling for the second half. Like I think the fact that they went out and did that tells you that they think they're in it, and 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 that they can win some more of these close games, and. And a, a margin play like Rosenthal can can maybe help him do it in the second half. Poor Oakland A's. What did they pay? Eleven million for him? Just just dumped it. You know, you know, put it in a hole and buried it because they never got anything for him. And then I don't know if you saw this, JD, but um, the the Arizona Cardinals GM kind of took a shot at the A's because he you know they re-signed. They got Kyler's got his extension and everybody's happy and yeah. everything. And he says people wondered if Kyler did the right thing. Well, just look at how much money he's getting now from us with this deal and compare it to the A's payroll. And that was a cheap shot right there. 
Well, it, it is a cheap shot, but it also should be explained. I, I mean, isn't Kyler Murray going to be making more than the entire A's payroll at, at one point? <laughs> well, Dur- yeah, or, I think or already. So. Like once yeah. this contract, once this contract <laughs> kicks in, That's and I, I need to double check them. I need to double check the math, Whitey. But I believe once this contract kicks in, he will be making more money in a single year than the entire A's payroll for this year. And I don't think it's necessarily this year to this year because the extension doesn't kicked in yet maybe yeah, it has right you know, in the NFL it's a new contract but but my understanding is at some point Kyler Murray is going to make more in a single season playing for the Arizona Cardinals than every single player mm-hmm. on the A's combined yeah Steve Keim did you guys see the payroll of the Oakland A's versus his contract enough said all right you're right I guess a cheap shot maybe but but certainly true so okay I think JD it's John Dickinson Whitey Gleason with you on 95.7 the game as far as the Giants go, I think to a degree they're victims of their own success. If you look at the history of the San Francisco Giants, you know the year they're having this year, they've got a winning record and they're in a playoff chase. You know there were years when Giants fans would have killed for anything close to that. But given that they've got the three World Series championships in ten, twelve, and fourteen, given what they had last year, this year feels more like a uh, a little underwhelming. Right, so in that sense, they're victims of of the success they had last year. Is it is it more underwhelming than and and is it more underwhelming than 2020, 2019, 2018, or twenty seventeen when they were when they were right. awful? Right, and, they and were really terrible. Didn't have a shot. Just a few years ago, they were ago. terrible. Yes. Well, and this and the reality is, this is the second best team they've had since two thousand sixteen, and that's just you know they had a they had a hell of a run there from what oh nine to sixteen in the three World Series, and the, and there was one down year mixed in there. I know everybody likes to, in retrospect, act as if they lost a hundred games in every odd numbered year. That that was not the case. They actually were <laughs> pretty good team, and they were actually pretty good team in eleven and fifteen. They were they were not in in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, in between the, the the two World Series, but that was the only time during that whole oh nine to sixteen that they were under five hundred, and so yeah, this team is the best, te- the second best team that they've had yeah. in the last six years, and it's really not even close. Mm-hmm. But nobody cares, and I understand that part of it is you go out and you get Rodon, and he's you know he's really an exciting pitcher, dynamic, and is he going to be here next year? I don't know, maybe. So I understand why it's harder to invest as much emotionally. But I am a little puzzled by that having, you know, and I can remember when the Giants in the seventies and eighties and some of those teams, even some of the teams in the nineties were like, Oh my goodness. And this year people people turn up their nose at this team this year. I understand why, but at the same time, part of me is a little surprised by that. Yeah. They've, they've had little three, four year, four year runs, you know, 90, 94, the year that the strike year and until 97, when, when they had a good little run, the, the end of the bonds era was, yeah. was obviously ugly. Uh, so, so they have had times where it's been underwhelming uh, and, and really kind of made you wonder if they could, if they could get out of it, they have gotten out of it in terms of the, the uh, abyss, I, I guess, of, of just, you know, mediocrity and being a terrible team. But I think, I think you're right to a certain extent that that last year maybe maybe has hurt them in in terms of this year but I I also think you know the goal and this is where I think we run into a a lot of issues with with a good portion of the of the Giants fan base Whitey I I think you have to the, the goal for this team this season was not to run back 107 wins and try and beat the dot like the goal is 
can you be a playoff team? Mm-hmm. Can, can you, you know, you're probably not going to duplicate what you did last year. The Dodgers are still every bit as good and on a similar pace to, to their 106-win pace of, of a year ago. The Padres are, are better. You know, Bob Melvin went down there and, and cleaned up their act a little bit. Uh, and, and they've been really good in the one-run games and in the extra inning games. You know, really the antithesis of, of the Giants. Uh, so they're better than, than the Giants are this year. But I think what it, what it comes down to, Whitey, is there's an extra wild card spot. And I always kind of go back to the, the Billy Bean philosophy of, hey, put together a competitive team and see if you can add at the yeah, deadline. Yeah. And the goal is always to just get in the tournament. Right. I know a lot of, a lot of Giants fans disagree with, with what I'm about to say, and I've said it a lot here the last couple of weeks, Whitey, but if this team gets in as the third wild card now in the, in the three wild card era where there's going to be six playoff teams in each league, that's a successful season, even if it's an 85 or an 86, 87 win campaign that gets, like, that would be a successful season. I agree with you, but I do think, to your point, I think there are a lot of fans who wouldn't see it that way. But I think if you take an objective view, there's no other way to see it. We'll see what happens, obviously. On the text line here, Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Some interesting thoughts from the smartest listeners in radio from the 510. If the Giants are victims of their own success, how have the Dodgers been successful without being victims? Well, it's a fair question. It's a good question. In my mind, the problem for the Giants is that last year they probably were not that good. And so when you play better than you are, then expectations are higher than perhaps they should be. That's, That's what I mean by that. Um, from the right. some, yeah, that's all. I'm no, saying. go ahead, Whitey. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just well. If you have any thoughts on that, go ahead because I'll get to the next one. But what, what what are your thoughts about that one? No, it it's just the Giants' goal is to is to in their own way become what the Dodgers are now. They're just not far enough along in the process yet. Like I I think the Giants are more in the maybe 2014-15 range of where the Dodgers were in terms of a lot of the young players that are going to be coming up and being big leaguers throughout the system that ultimately are, are going to be carriers. And the Giants are still just kind of cobbled together, but they're trying to be cobbled together and not be terrible, which a lot of teams around baseball have done and are continuing to do. Yeah, I think that's it. I think the Giants thought by now, or they hoped, they're very smart individuals. They understand how this all works better than, better than I do, certainly. But I think the hope was, well, by now they would be getting more production from some of those prospects. That's baseball. You never know. To that point, someone else from the 510 says it's not about last year. They're a boring team, no young talent in the majors, sloppy defense, and a marginal bullpen. It's a frustrating team. And I think the front office, to a degree, has to be somewhat frustrated by the fact that hey, where's the help from the minors? Uh, it's just not here yet. That happens sometimes. You have to be patient. But I'm sure they thought by now or hope that by now, you know, Joey Bart, for example, would be a little further along. So maybe just a little more patience there. Although you may end up trading all your prospects for Juan Soto, which we'll get to in a moment anyway. Uh, one more here, J.D. from the 925. Your comments on this would really be appreciated. J.D. and Gleason combined currently make more than the pathetic Oakland A's roster. I, I don't think that's true, J.D., but what do you think? Uh you know what? Payday was, I think, yesterday. So I'm gonna let me check that bank account, and I'll get back to we'll you. But get I, back think, to you. I think I'm, I think I'm taking the under on that one. But uh, I'll, we'll get back to you after the uh, after a quick timeout. Yeah, fair question. We're gonna have to check on that one. And coming up, can the Giants get Juan Soto? Do they need 
Juan Soto. That's next with John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you. Happy Saturday, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another 0-2 curve, and that one is hit hard down the right field line, and it is gone. A grand slam for Cody Bellinger. It's 5-1 to one Dodgers. Now back to 95-7, the game. Whitey and J.D. with you. Glad you're with us. We uh, we appreciate your listening here on this uh, glorious Saturday. Yeah, the final numbers on last night. Dodgers 5, Giants 1. And speaking of numbers here, real quick, J.D., just got to clarify this. And I, I'm, I don't mean to make fun, but somebody just called – uh, to get the text line number, and I know it's a little confusing, but the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Maybe it's my fault for not being more clear. That's also the number to call. So yeah. 888-957-9570. So when I assume it was a gentleman, and we appreciate listening, calls, hey, what's the number for the text line? And Chris says, it's the number you call. And the guy said, well, can you give me the number? It's like, it's the number that you call. So I know it's a little confusing, um, but I think, um, you know, together. Who's on first, Whitey? <laughs> yes. Who's on first? Exactly. Well, that's part of the problem, too, right? On the text line here from the 510, getting a wild card spot isn't, isn't success. It's time to get rid of Belt 
Crawford, Longoria, break it down, rebuild, build a farm system that can bring talent to the big league club. So who's on first for the Giants? Uh, J.D., some people see that as part of the problem. It, yeah, I mean, they have not gotten the, the year out of Brandon Bell or Brandon Crawford or Evan Longoria that they that they did last year. And it was interesting because I, I thought initially last year it was a lot of the guys that were brought in from the outside that, that were that were helping to, to carry the, the Giants at least early in the season, the Lamont Wades, the, the Darren Ruffs, the, the Yastrzemskis. It, it was a lot of those guys. But then as the season went on, it became – you know, in in May and June, it became Crawford and it became Posey and and it became Belt once he was back from from some injuries and then obviously he ended up missing the end of the year with the with the injury and the and the division series with the what was it that the the broken hand uh, yeah the broken finger on his hand uh, and so he missed the division series but but a lot of it was hey, try and build a team, and I'm talking about the philosophy from Farhan Zaidi, it's try and build a team where you go and you get more productive players from the outside than what Crawford, Belt, and Posey had been and lengthen the lineup out to where maybe you take a little bit of the pressure off of those guys, and then maybe that will help them start to perform at levels that they hadn't. And it actually worked, and I know – Belt and Crawford specifically had spoken to the fact that they'd also made some adjustments to their swing and their approach, which had been suggested by the the coaching staff and and the front office to try and drive the ball a little bit more, and that worked. And so, I mean, mean, Buster Posey looked like he could have played another five years at the end of of 2021. Now, he he chose obviously not to do that and and went out on a high note for for him and and obviously is a is a family first individual that that wanted to be with his wife and his his children and 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 leave the game before maybe it took a, another piece out of him uh, to where maybe he couldn't live a, a, a lifestyle to where he felt you know good just physically sure. uh, you know as a, as a catcher for a long time but I think you know a lot of the things that that this new regime had tried to implement. Looked like they were all working when you know two three years ago it was get rid of all those guys. Nobody was saying get rid of all those guys at the end of <laughs> 2021. They they weren't now overpay. I mean the Giants didn't really overpay Crawford that much. You know and and Belt is probably going to be gone at the end of this year. And Posey obviously retired, so they're going to have some financial flexibility. And and it's not like they signed those guys to five six year contracts in their in their mid 30s. To me, it is crystal clear that Crawford and Posey, and maybe Belt as well, but to me, clearly, Posey and Crawford really benefited last year from the fact that the year before they only played 60 games. Uh, I don't know that I can prove that, but you look at physically, you know, Buster didn't even play a 60 game. He didn't even play at all. I know he sat out the season. So I think those older guys, I think they really benefited from that. So, again, that's one of the reasons they were so productive last year. But the key point to me in this text from the texter who says, break it down, rebuild, um, it's pretty clear, J.D., that Farhan has no interest in that. When he took over, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of people on the station said, man, you got to tear this down right now. you got to get rid of all your veterans and start over. And I'm not sure why people said that. I guess they thought it would get you on a path to getting back to contention quicker. But Farhan realized, you know, there are some still some assets here um, that are serviceable. And if we employ them correctly and modify the roster and, and, and do that while we're waiting for the farm system 
to start producing, we can be relevant sooner. Maybe not a championship team, but we can we can contend, and I think he's done that. So I don't think he has any interest in tearing this whole thing down. That's not the way he operates. No, and I think that's why he got the job, Whitey. Yeah. Because that's not the way the Giants want to operate. The Giants do not want to suck and, and lose 95 to 100 games for multiple years in a row have an even more empty ballpark than than what by the prior standards has been an, an emptier ballpark this season. Uh, they, they he got the job because the Giants want to compete for a playoff spot every year while they're rebuilding the farm system to a point where they have multiple players like Bellinger and like Seager before he went to Texas and like Will Smith and 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 like so many. Uh, with the Dodgers, you know, Walker Buehlers and and the like, they they want to be able to to build. Uh, they want to be able to build like that, but the prospects are not up and and peppering the the diamond at the major league level. But I actually look at it as a good thing, as a positive that that this team is still able to be competitive like who who wants to go watch their team lose 100 games every year who wants to go watch like, no thanks I, I mean no thanks for me either I it's so so to me you're you're almost you're able to have the best of of all worlds in a sense where you're competitive enough while you're getting your house in order and then the two the, the two timelines dare I say meet each other at some point and you've got prospects that are in the major leagues you've got the scrap heap guys that Farhan's been pretty good at at finding and then and then at that point that's when you go out and you spend to get the Mookie Betts type uh you know he's almost the cherry on top Whitey he's he's not the he's not the uh, entree Mm -hmm. uh, of your uh, of your feast that you're trying to prepare one of the things that I think gets overlooked here as we look at the way Farhan does it, the way he did it in L.A., what he's doing now, what the Dodgers do, and what the Dodgers have done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Max Muncy and Turner, and I know Turner's apparently hurt now with something abdominal, and it was a little surprising that he didn't pinch it last night, but he's been very productive. Those were two guys that the Dodgers went and got off the scrap heap, Right. We don't think of that now because we just think of them as Dodgers stars yeah. who've been there forever. Nobody wanted Max Muncy and Turner with the Mets. He was like, eh, he's okay. Yeah. So the Dodgers have one of the reasons they're so successful is because, and Farhan was there when they did this, they did what, what Farhan's doing now in terms of trying to find guys that are undervalued cool. that can be productive. So that's all part of it too. That that's a major part of it, and and you just you you look around the diamond, and yeah, it is the the Muncies and the Turners, and and they they found Turner, and Turner became a sustainable power you know, starting threat. player. Yes, yes, yeah, for for the last six years essentially, and so I think that's the the Giants still have yet to find, and because we don't know about Lamont Wade and and Yastrzemski, and and neither one of those players are the level of of Muncie or. Or Turner, Turner, but the Giants, yeah, the Giants have have yet to find the sustainability in terms of those guys, right? Like it, it seems like it's a little bit more year to year. I think Wilmer's probably with, the with closest. When you say I'm not disagreeing with you, but Wilmer has yeah, come kind of close. But I don't think he's been. A, I don't think he even goes in the category for me as a scrap heap guy. I think he was a good value, yeah, a, a, you know, value point. free agent yeah. signing. But yeah. I, but I think that was a good, just a quality, smart free agent signing. But I think you know you look at 
where the Giants want to get to is where they have their Will Smith and they have their Bellinger, and yes, they they have their Turners and their and their Muncies, but they also have their their the, the Gavin Luxes of the world. But they also have their Seager, who's you know they're they're so deep and talented that they can just let him go to Texas and Verdugo, uh, you know, yeah. is 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 so good that you know we can throw him in a trade for mm-hmm. Mookie Betts and still have all these guys who are already up at the big league at, at the big league level. I think that as we start to get into the the Juan Soto conversation, Whitey, because I think that's where you yep. where you wanted to go with it. The the Dodgers were in a position where they could go trade for and then pay Mookie Betts because they had a lot of the prospects that we hear about with the Giants already up and starting. Like they had a surplus. They had half of their everyday lineup was dudes that that they they drafted and developed and came up through their system and and in some cases it become stars right mm-hmm. so that so when you have that and then you have additional players on top of that 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 you can use as as assets to go get a superstar that's when you make the move and i'm just not sure as we start to delve deeper into the Juan Soto situation and what the Giants do there i just don't think the Giants are, are far enough along in the process right now to say they're going to give up a bunch of their farm system to go get the guy. It's going to be tough. It appears that the this is something the Giants, of course, are legitimately discussing and perhaps are even discussing it with the Nationals. You know, over the last year or so, we've had so many of these potential deals we talk about, J.D., um, that in your in your heart, you know that that's not going to happen. Like Deshaun Watson was not going to come to the 49ers, no matter what he posted on social media. Aaron Rodgers was not going to come to the 49ers. Kevin Durant's not coming back to the Warriors. Juan Soto to the Giants, I don't think so, but I think they're going to try. They're going to they're going to see what they can do. They would definitely have real interest in that. I think it's going to be tough given what we think the Nationals want, and it looks like from what's been reported, and that doesn't mean you can take it to the bank, but it's been reported that the Nationals are looking for young prospects that are major league ready. So, like, not just top prospects, but guys that you can play now. I don't know that the Giants have a lot of those guys. Uh, I think no. San Diego's in really good position, if that's true. You know, the Yankees, if the Yankees and Dodgers get involved, it's like, oh, my goodness, you can't blame them. But I, I don't know that that would be great for baseball if he went to one of those two teams. So here was a potential deal that John Morosi wrote about, J.D., I don't know if you saw this. To me, this is ridiculous. And he's a really good reporter, but I don't know where he's coming from here. He says, okay, how about this? The Giants get Soto, and the Nationals get uh, Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Will Bednar, uh, Elliot Ramos, and Randy Rodriguez. And I look at that, and I go, the Giants would do that in a split second. There's no freaking way Washington makes that deal unless somebody like Logan Webb is involved. Yeah, well, that that's interesting because I, I mean, you're talking the top two prospects at that point. One, two, four, Luciano. five, and twelve, according to some rankings yeah. of the prospects. Yes. Yeah. No. And I, and so I think, you know, if Ramos was farther along, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think that would like if if Ramos was already to the Verdugo level, right? Of, right. of where he, hey, this is a good player. Like this, this, this guy can play at the major league level, and we know. And I think that's where the Giants, to, to your point, Whitey, are in a little bit of trouble. Is that yeah, Luciano Harrison? Like to me, it would almost have to be Matos 
instead of instead of Ramos, uh, and then you're talking your top three. Maybe or, Duvall. Or top, you might have to put Duvall in there as well. Doval, yeah, your top, yeah, your your top four. But then you're talking your top four if we adjust that deal, right? Because Bednar was in it, yeah. and he's the the MLB list is number four. So then you're talking Luciano, Harrison, Matos, Bednar. And then yeah, Randy Rodriguez, who's who's down there at number twelve. It sounds like we're looking at the at the same list. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it if you if you're going to where the Giants run into problems is it, it, Ramos and Bart. I think specifically have not shown yet that they can consistently play exactly. at the major league level. Yes, and the, and if those players were capable of that, if even some of the relievers. Uh, Santos and Castro and you know Jelly at one point was a top prospect but now he just looks like a a, a mediocre kind of maybe fifth starter swing guy Uh, you know up and down you know 4A kind of a guy if if a couple of those uh, players were farther along then maybe you could split the difference and send a bunch of those major league ready guys with a Luciano and a Harrison and get a deal done but but those players that are borderline major leaguers have just not proven that they're good enough. You you want if you're the if you are the the Nationals, you want for Soto in addition to all of the 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 lower level prospects, you want somebody that's going to step right in yep. and and play Soto's spot and be an everyday player right now and the Giants don't have that. No, and that's 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 really contributing to a lot of their issues right now. That's one of the reasons they're not, the whole thing isn't further along. And I think it's ultimately what's going to keep them from swinging this deal. This is, I don't know, JD, I think it's unprecedented that a player who's as good as Soto at his age, 23, as productive as he's been is apparently he's available. Of course, the nationals don't have to trade him because he's still got two more years, but the fact that they're taking offers now, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it. So it's going to be easy for teams to justify giving up a lot of youth to get a guy who's 23, right? He's absolutely incredible. Um, but I, I, it's going to be tough for the Giants. You look at San Diego. San Diego has Mackenzie Gores, a young lefty who's pitching this year, and he hasn't been pitching very well lately, but he's had his moments this year, and he's a top prospect, and he's pitching at the major league level now. They have C.J. Abrams, a shortstop, who has shown flashes, top prospect. He wasn't expected to be up maybe this early, but he's a guy that, all right, this is a guy who's a top prospect who is major league ready. And then so if those are the building blocks, you could see how San Diego would have a shot at this. The financial aspect of it for San Diego may be tough. But I don't know. Do you think, J.D., whoever makes this deal, do you could you see someone making a deal for Soto without having the extension. I'm not sure I can because you could bring him in for two-plus years and say, oh, we'll, we'll work something out. But I don't know if he and his agent, Scott Boris, are going to be really uh, uh, amenable to that. Not as that it's their choice, but you want him to be on board with whatever happens. Well, yeah, if you're going to give up, let's say – Five of your top twelve yeah. prospects. Yeah, you you're not you're not giving up five of your top twelve prospects for two years. You're right. giving up five of your top twelve prospects for like six or eight years. Yeah, <laughs> at, at that point, like you want it to be, uh, you want Soto to be a major part of your team. Really, you know, I would say, yeah, it's it's probably six to eight years. Now we'll see things happen, but he's so young that you could have that six to eight years and he'd barely be over the age of 30 at the at the end of it if it, if it goes the if it goes the duration so so yeah that you you don't want to be a team whitey that's going to 
spend a lot in terms of your your prospect capital right. and then and then be in the same position that the Nationals are in basically 2 years from now where it's oh do we trade him are we in it uh, do are we going to sign him to a 500 million dollar contract like what like you want all of that done right away that's why you're willing to give up the the, the, the prospect hall to, to attempt to get him. So giving, given everything that we've talked about here so far on 95-7 The Game, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, everything that the Giants are dealing with right now and this potential opportunity in front of them, um, it's also in front of a number of other teams, going to be very competitive. Do the Giants need Juan Soto? Doesn't mean they're going to get him, but 888-957-9570. Looking at where the Giants are, their needs, the fact that they are having trouble right now anyway, at least in the short term, capturing the imagination of the Bay. You had the 49ers nearly went to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Warriors won a championship, and the Giants won 107 last year, bowed out on this year. Eh, they're okay. Do the Giants need Juan Soto to get where they want to go to? Um, I, I there's From one standpoint, they do need him, J.D. I think it would energize everything that they're doing, but I also think, given what they'd have to give up to get him, I think it might ultimately set the program back. So I I don't think they're going to get him, and I think Farhan ultimately is going to look at this and go, you know what, big picture, it's not worth it. I'm not sure he's right. I'm not sure I'm right about how he sees it, but I think ultimately that's how he's going to view this. A bunch of different angles here for me. One, would he help? Absolutely. Yeah. He and and I mean, just absolutely tremendous player. He would infuse some life into into this Giants group, and it and it one hundred percent would infuse some life into the the Giants fan base. However, if you're giving up what it would take to get him, you are ripping up the plan. Like you're you had a plan, and and Farhan Zaidi had a plan. And it's it's these prospects and, and, and all these prospects that would be gone to acquire Juan Soto. You're ripping up that plan at that point. So it's basically Juan Soto, the guys you have now, and because now you don't have the prospects coming for the next few years, again, you're, you're resetting that clock in a sense back to 2019 because you're keeping up so much of your farm system to, to bring him in. So now you're looking at Juan Soto, the guys you have now, and can Farhan cobble together a roster around that, uh, that that could be in contention? And I think the, the short answer to that question is, yes, he could, but I would hold at that point Farhan Zaidi far more accountable for, like, if you're going to do the Soto deal and you're going to rip up the plan, then the expectations go up. Like, you, you have to be better than than even you've been this year and if you have Juan Soto and you're basically the Phillies with Bryce Harper who currently are, are basically neck and neck with the Giants I think the Giants are what a game back Philly currently has that that final wild card spot in the National League to me that's a bigger problem if you linger in this 678 range in terms of teams in the National League with Juan Soto that becomes fireable because you gave up so much to get him so in essence if you go get him the expectation level goes up and I wonder if the Giants beyond keeping Soto and paying him would make the necessary financial commitment now with the with the farm system ripped apart to to go add the other pieces that you're going to need to actually be a good and or great 
baseball team. So I think there is a little bit of risk from from that standpoint because I think the Giants fan base would be would be geeked on it and wired on it and fired up for it. But at the same time, you know, fans are going to fan Whitey, and it's mm-hmm. and and with the farm system gone, it's going to be all right. You went and got Juan Soto. Now go get this big free agent. Now go get that guy. Now you need a pitcher that you don't have because Harrison's not coming. How are you going to do it? And I think Farhan can cobble some of it together, but I I just. To me, ripping up that plan with the added expectations is in some ways maybe asking for a little bit of trouble. Yeah, another key to all of this, and it's unknowable to us, of course, is the way Mike Rizzo looks at this. And you know the Nationals already have in mind certain players that they like. And they don't necessarily care that this guy's ranked fourth by MLB.com in his system or this guy's ranked third. They have an idea. They have their own rankings of players around baseball they may really like maybe Kyle Harrison I know Susan Slusser reported that it's the Nationals have made it clear that any trade talk involving Soto Kyle Harrison's going to have to be part of this deal so they have players like that presumably with all the clubs there may be couple club a couple te- uh, players pardon me a couple players with a couple teams that the Nationals really want and if that's the case we don't know that then that that deal with that team's going to make it more likely. We'll just we'll have to wait and see. On the text line here from the 209, of course they need him, but we're screwed because we don't have enough to give up. Let's just have him go to the Dodgers and we all become Dodger fans. Well, I don't think we need to do that, but I understand your your sentiment. I think the smartest play, JD, and of course, there is I, I realize this, there's no guarantee you get any of these guys. But given everything you just laid out, and I, I agree with you 100 percent Given that, and given the fact that, you know, Aaron Judge during the All Star coverage was just gushing about the Giants, I think a smarter play here would be, you know, poke around, kick the tires on Soto, do whatever you can to make sure he doesn't go to the Padres or or the Dodgers. But then I think you really make a play for Aaron Judge because that's just, and I know it's going to be a ton of money, but it's just money. And you don't have to give up any of your prospects, which I agree. There's just so much risk in going out and giving up some of these things that you have so much invested in to bring in Soto. And then it's like, okay, now what? Um, especially if, if Webb's involved. Webb would be untouchable for you, right? It sounds like. Yeah, I, well, I mean, not untouchable necessarily, but you need him. You just need like right. I, not untouchable in that that he's great. I think he's I think he's very good. I, I think we've probably already seen his ceiling to be honest or pretty close like I don't think he has another gear he can get to as a pitcher I think he's pretty good and and he should stay pretty good uh but uh, you know the, the question for me on and I think where a lot of Giants fans are on this is okay give up the prospects to go get Soto well you still need to go get Aaron Judge at that point <laughs> like wow and, okay. and that's yeah, where it's just yeah. you're not like but I think that's where a lot of Giants fans are that may be unrealistic but then the other question on Judge and yeah he he sounds like it sounds like he's gone. Like everything, mm-hmm. I all the vibes I get are like he he and the Yankees are just like something happened there with the arbitration and the money and everything. And I know we're up against it, but like something's like I, I feel like their relationship is broken beyond repair almost. And where he's just playing it out, and we'll see what happens. But he's he's kind of gone uh, at this point. Uh, so, but he's thirty. And he's going to be 31 in April of yeah. next year. So is that the guy you want to give the the seven year, you know, 350 million dollar contract for? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Real quick here, text of the day nominee from the 510. 
I hope the Giants get Soto. I want to see his face when he gets pinch hit for in the sixth because Ruff is hitting t- 10 points higher. Than him. ding Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and say that's a yeah. winner. We may have more than one winner, but that's definitely yeah. a winner. Well, you- matchups. You got to play the <laughs> lefty matchups, Whitey. That's right, Gabe. All right, coming up, yeah, more on the Giants. Do they need Juan Soto, 888-957-9570. And speaking of trades, Jimmy G's got permission to seek a deal, but is there one to be made? All that more coming up here. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.